But tonight we're going to talk about being a supernatural church and what that really means. How many believe, just, just blanket statement, how many believe that we should be a supernatural church? All right, fantastic, fantastic. Well, I'm in good company. I got the majority. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Jump down to verse 7. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. What a great command. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely ye have received. Freely give. What kind of a Sunday would we have if just that one scripture happened? I mean, amazing, right? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, that would make the news. Raise the dead. You ever been in a service where someone came back to life? You ever been in a situation? I'm telling you right now, that changes a church service. I've been in two. One, I was sitting right there pretty close. That, I'm telling you right now, when somebody comes back from the dead, that place goes up. People that don't dance, dance. You hear what I'm saying? I was there when the nurse said, nothing, gone. We sat there for minutes, and all of a sudden on the other side of the room, somebody went to thunder praying. You know what thunder praying is. Yeah, thunder praying is when you don't care, just explosive. Wow! All of a sudden, <gasps> man, that still makes those little hairs stand up on my. But we believe in that. Because we believe in a supernatural church. How about cast out devils? It's not fanaticism. It's not mysticism. We believe that people can be possessed. And we believe that people can be delivered. If we don't believe people can be delivered, we might as well close up shop. But we believe that people can be delivered. Freely get you have, freely you've received, freely give. So well, this is what we're talking about tonight. I love my church because my church is supernatural. Now to understand this, we got to recognize there is more to our church than meets the natural eye. There really is. There is more than meets the eye. Aren't you hoping when, when someone comes? In fact, I think every one of us use this if we ever invite someone. We say this, you're going to feel something. Right? You're going you're gonna to feel something. Sometimes we don't even know how to articulate it well. But you're going to feel something. And it's beyond, I believe, because of the process of God fearfully and wonderfully making folks, their DNA does. It, it, it comes in contact with God. I'll never forget, I had a conversation one time. This pretty young lady, she, she was the prom queen at the local high school. And she, was, she said, I don't know why I'm crying here. I'll never forget I said, because you're feeling God. Don't even know how to describe it, Brother Barker. She, 
just was feeling God's presence. It's super natural. It's what it is. There is more to our church than brick and mortar. More than a pulpit and pews. More than a performance on a stage that we can clap about. It's a supernatural church. God built it prayerful for what I believe is a supernatural demonstration. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 6 through 11. And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto the place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even unto the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark uh, and the staves thereof above, and they drew out the staves, and the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without, and there they are unto this day. Verse 9. There was nothing in the ark save that two tables of stone which Moses had put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Can I just say and remind us here, Brother Brown, I don't want service without His glory. I will tell you, I have never been in a service where I visually watched the cloud fill it. I haven't, personally. I've never been there. Okay? I've never been in a place... Brother Romine, where all of a sudden thick cloud began to fill and, and nobody could do anything. But I have been in a service where all of a sudden it became so overwhelming that the preacher could not keep speaking. And the singer or the soloist went to try and sing, but she began to weep. And she was trying to sing, but she couldn't. And overwhel- And all of a sudden, you ever been in a service where it seems like a wave? Well, brother... Carson, that's, that's old-time religion. No, that's, that's right now. That's accessible and available right now. If we want it, we can have that kind of move of His presence. Where the glory fills the house, and what I can't preach good enough to make a sinner run to an altar, the presence of God could do in a moment of time and make them fall to their face... Now, I believe in the power of these front steps, but they could fall on their, at their pew right back here and start repenting, and all heaven would get into rejoicing with them. But we need, we need our sanctuary. We need our church. And furthermore, let me go beyond this. We need our classrooms. We need the media room. We need the sound room. We need the Sunday school rooms. We need youth world. We need the cloud to cover it all. We do. We need the glory of God to fill every part of it. Our church, our God-built church, as we talked about on, on week one, was made, yes, with that mission that we talked about last week. It was built on purpose. Catch this. It was built on purpose with purpose. Right? It was built on purpose 
with purpose. It's like the time I walked out, my kids had got one of my golf clubs out of the bag in the, oh. That's not a, that's not a baseball bat. It's not a baseball bat. That's not the purpose for that thing. And very kindly I said, hey buddy, would you please, no I didn't. I said, why do you have my club? You make me want to use that club. I'll never forget one time I was at a camp. One of the workers' little kids was there. Uh, <laughs> one of the district leaders, their, their car was parked right here. We walked out the side door, walked out together, and one of the workers' little boys was standing there in the gravel, had a handful of rocks going like this. Pink, pink. It sounded great to a four-year-old, five-year-old, whatever. But that was not its purpose. I'll never forget his face. He stood there for a minute shocked. Like this is not happening. I'll never forget. I can still hear him saying, where's your mother? <laughs> pink, pink. Just busting the side of his it sounded good to him from his perception. And here's the truth. I hope that when we come in here, I hope the music sounds good. Trust me, I hope that the preaching's good. I'm trying my best. I hope that everything works together. But ultimately, we're not here so that simply it sounds good to us and feels good to us. We're here to bring glory unto the Lord, praise Him, and hope that the glory will fill this place. So that people who have been overwhelmed can feel the love and the joy and the peace of God. Let's talk about, in order to have a supernatural church, let's do this. I've enjoyed this a couple of the weeks. What church is not, okay? It is not just a physical essence. It is a spiritual entity, okay? Easier said, it's not earthly, but it's heavenly hard to think about when we say I'm going to church no one ever thinks I'm going to heaven because how many know at times we have our issues not not you not you but somebody else but it's supposed to this is supposed to be mirroring heavenlies not temporal but eternal that's what the church is not secular it's holy Not, here it is, not a man-made idea. It's a God idea. This is where, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real open with you. This is where I have to guard because I'm a strategizer and a planner. And I like to think and I like to dream and I like to build and I like to, I want to know what they're doing over here. How did they, how'd that work and what'd you do? And I think you can glean that, but we can never get to a place where we think that it's us. What did we talk about week one? Except God builds the church. What's the labor? It's in vain. And so this is a God designed. It's, it's a God idea. It's not a product of man, but it is produced by the power of God. It's not a social club. But it's okay to be social here. Okay? It's not a social club. It's a spiritual body. 
You'll find that your relationships are always better when they're spiritual. Keep God at the center of it, and you'll have less mess to deal with. How many know that's right? It's not just an organization. It is a spiritual movement, not man-made, but God-built. It is not, here's where we got to catch, for really where we're going tonight, it is not just present in the natural. Brother Turner, that's the crazy, really, thing about it. That while we have this in the Spirit, how many believe we still entertain angels unaware? How many believe that as sure as we're sitting here in the physical, there is a spiritual realm that is on display? That's why we believe in the middle of a devastating situation when we got that text today that they were sending him. Right there where I was sitting in that conference room over at the college, I said, in the name of Jesus. Why do you feel like you can do that? Because I think there's a realm just a little bit above what I can see. And if I, if I can somehow get that realm to dovetail itself into this one, anything is possible. Our church is from another world. It emanates from another dimension. A dimension beyond what we can see, what we can comprehend. It's hard in our finite minds to really understand it with our senses. But we get this interaction. I always say that the physical church is beautiful because it's where, it's where humanity and deity seem to mingle. It's this, it's this amazing place. That's why I don't, I, I think we got to have programs. You've heard me talking about it for weeks. But that's why I think no matter how good our programs are, we need them to be baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost so that they feel a supernatural change. I was standing, I was in prayer. I, I don't know, we had prayer Sunday, Tuesday night. Great, tonight's Wednesday, so that was last night. That shows you how long my days are right now. And I don't know, I don't know, I walked in about 6.05 or something. I just wandered in here and, and I thought, well, I'm going to pray. And, and it came to 7, got to 7 and people were here and, and, and we prayed till 8 o'clock or something. I got right about, I was right about here, about, about here. And something hit me. And I don't know why I said it like this, but it's what I felt when I was praying. God, we're going to have to believe that things actually change when we pray. I mean, that things really change. That it really does something in the spirit realm. That it really connects with God when we pray. And I'm going to tell you, He does hear us. And things are happening. And we are going to see miracles and signs and wonders. That testimony we just talked about from today, that that. That is probably more normal than we know, but we've got to celebrate those things publicly. I want God to know every time He does a blessing for Calvary, it gets testified about. And we make it public. That's why I text Him right away. I say, I know this is private, but I'd like to talk about it. I want Him to be able to trust us to see and feel and experience the supernatural here. Amen. It's a supernatural church. It operates and must operate in the realm of the supernatural. Okay? Let's talk about what is the supernatural. You'll see this on the, on the screen here, and it's probably on your handout. A manifestation 
that is attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding that operates outside and beyond the parameters of the laws of nature. I've talked to a couple different scientists or, or that are educated scientists here within the church this week alone. Um, I want stuff we can't explain away, Brother Myers. <laughs> Those are the miracles that we've got to have here. Has anybody ever had anything happen in your life that can't be explained away outside of God just did it? Anybody over? Okay, so several. Go ahead and just raise your hand real high. But now, with your hand held, still, with your hand held, how many of you have had the devil try to convince you it wasn't? How many know he wants that testimony? He wants that. He wants to take that from you. Because if he can take it from you, then you yourself do not have a connection to the supernatural. You're just, you're just a little bit... You know them, they're... One of my best friends looked at me and he said, he said, either this is real or we're crazy. Am I the only one that's ever felt that Come on, you lie, you fry. You ever thought that to yourself? If this ain't real, I'm nuts. I mean certifiably. But it's real. It's real. I, 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 I know it's real. It's that, it's, it's that thing that I know science can't prove and I know the doctors can't prove but I've looked over and over and over at x-rays where this one said devastation and this one said, I don't know. My pastor, Ken Bogren, he would love to show you his x-rays of a tumor that told him his life was over. And the x-ray where the doctor said, I don't know, maybe that was just a cloud. Maybe that one. You didn't think it was a cloud when it was bulging out the side of He's able. He's able. It's supernatural. I want stuff that cannot be explained away. And I'm going to tell you, when it can't be explained away, it draws people in. They were drawn to Christ for the miraculous. We do not chase miracles, but miracles should chase us. Okay? It is the manifestation of the power of God, the work of the Holy Spirit that cannot be measured scientifically. The one who created the laws of nature is the one who built and purchased this church. When he wants to, he has the ability to suspend the laws of nature. He can you got to be a believer to read this. He made an axe head float. He turned seas and rivers up on their end and people walked across dry ground. Not just once. Multiple times. He, surely not. Some of you with a pool have tried it. You ever prayed and tried something silly like that? If you didn't hear him, he said, walked on water. 
They have these competitions right now where they run. They wear these special shoes and run to see who can run the farthest. Try to, ridiculous. He walked on water. Peter even got to experience it. A little supernatural until he focused on the waves. Right? How about the day in the battle when the sun stood still? The world he put in motion. Hold on. How about the day Jesus stepped to the edge of the boat and the wind and waves took a nap? Because he has the ability to defy what is scientifically proven. He has the ability to defy even the laws of motion. Our God works and moves and is in the realm of the supernatural. And so his church, please hear this, I believe has access to that dimension. We have access to it. Now I'm going to tell you, living for God would be worth it if we didn't. Would he be worth living for if he did not heal? It's a real honest, real honest question, but we probably should consider it. If he doesn't give a miraculous healing, he's still worthy, isn't he? What, what, if, what if he couldn't even take your pain away? What if he couldn't help you mentally or emotionally? What? Calvary forever makes him worthy. The cross alone makes him worthy. What if he never created this in the church? i got to be honest, I love church. I like coming to the church. I love having good service where people run around and dance and shout and sing songs. I, I love everything about it. I love it. I enjoy it. What if this had never been part of the plan? Isn't that hard to think about? Brother Hunter, it's hard for me to even think. But if we got none of this, none of the joy, none of the peace, none of the love, none of the testimonies, none of the miracles, if we couldn't stand in here tonight, if I would have said, imagine a church where if I would have said, how many of you have ever, ever had a miraculous healing and nobody in this room could raise their hand? He'd still be worthy. We don't talk about that. We don't think of it. It's hard to think. But he'd still be worthy. But here's my, here's my question. Since he did give us this access... Why would we not go after it? If there is this deep place in God, why would we not go after it? It's like a kid at Christmas that's got a gift sitting right there. There's no good kid. Looks at a gift and says, I don't really want it. I was breaking in gifts early, Brother Amato. Who's ever had to tape a gift back together? Come on, give me a witness in the house. You know what I'm talking about. Man, I, I open that up. By the time you get a little older, you can open that thing right on the scene. <laughs> yeah. You ever sneak into one and been disappointed? That's the worst part. That's the worst part of it all. Can I tell you that the gifts of God, this is one of the only places, you, you will never be disappointed. I will tell you sometimes along the journey you can be confused. That's why you've got to study and you've got to be effective. You've got to get into it. He's never going to allow you to see glory so that you yourself can get some kind of credit. That's why I get nervous of prophecies that talk about me and I. 
Okay, I can't, I don't want to go too far. It's not about me, it's not about I, it's not about us, it's about Him. And the glory is always leading and giving credit to Him. That's what I believe will fill this church to capacity. If we're a church that gives glory to God, He gets all the credit, and His glory falls in this place, and every week people are getting healed, people are repenting, people are getting baptized, we got people being miraculously touched, emotional stuff is being healed. Trust me, we won't have to do much, it will fill itself. It will. But it's when the supernatural is at work. Because they can get a show anywhere. We cannot compete with Hollywood. We cannot compete with their pyrotechnics. Brother Jordan, why don't we just put some fire makers up and get some fog machines to be the glory. I was in a service one time. They had fog. They had fog machines and that thing went off at the wrong time. <laughs> Speaker was talking. Real serious moment. I was like, <sighs> oh, that's what you get. Number three, the, the, ch- <laughs> the church was birthed in the supernatural. It was. Acts 2. I won't, I'm not going to take much time. Most of you can quote it. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, I'm really blessed. I'm privileged, Brother Sipes. I get to preach a lot of camps and a lot of conferences, things like that. And so I'm, I'm telling you right now, you go to one of our It doesn't matter how many times we've heard it. And you start preaching Acts 2. And if I do my voice just right, I'm not making fun. I'm just picking it myself a little bit here, okay? But not often enough do we stop and really think about this. And I know we won't really hardly talk about it because we don't see it as the supernatural. But I was kind of thinking today, you know, Brother Vite, they were all in one accord in one place. That's kind of supernatural. That's kind of supernatural right there. You know, getting in one place, I see that happen. But getting in one accord? Brother Lopez, it's not the easiest thing to get right there everybody focused on the same thing but they were and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind we brush over it because we've read it so many times that's supernatural brother turner all of a sudden no no fake fog machine (laughs) sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting That means everybody in the room, because they were all in one place in one accord. Now what? Everybody in the room was exposed to it. One of the most dangerous things can be that the glory of God hits an atmosphere and some people feel it and some people don't. Because you can be in the place and not in accord. The goodness of God is that He will come and and He will touch those who are hungry. But the truth about free will and the truth about hunger after the things of God is He... Listen, sometimes it looks like He's playing leapfrog. He's not. I've been in services where the person next to me started crying. They were feeling the presence of God and I wondered what was wrong with them. And then I realized nothing wrong with them, something wrong with me. They're tuned in. I'm tuned out. I was thinking about where we were going to eat after. 
I know no one here has ever been guilty of that. Preacher going a little bit long, thinking about, I look over and they're crying. I'm thinking, what is wrong? Nothing's wrong. They're feeling the supernatural and all I'm feeling is the natural. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of what? Supernatural. Miracle. It sat on each of them. And they were all, all filled. Supernatural. With the Holy Ghost. And here it is. And begin to what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them supernatural. If you're Pentecostal, you're supernatural. If you're Pentecostal and you, you speak in tongues, you're supernatural. You believe in the supernatural. Well, I don't really believe in all that. You speak a language you didn't learn. You believe in the supernatural. You engage in the supernatural. We don't chase it. We chase God. We seek God. We we follow after the heartbeat of God. But then we expect that the supernatural takes place in our lives. And ladies and gentlemen, don't we know that when the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost touched them, it affected the way that they then went out. It changed them. We talked about it a little bit last week. Let's look at point four. I'm going to be done by 8.30, so don't worry. I'm holding to these. How many of you enjoying that? You enjoying that we're trying to? Okay, it's all right. You're telling me in the hallway. You don't want to admit it in here. It's okay. It was supernatural, not manufactured. Verse, or slide four. The church was born in the supernatural, and now the church battles in the supernatural. That's why week two we talked about being prayerful and spirit-filled. Because prayerful without spirit-filled is really only half the equation. But there is a depth in the spirit to where when we get in the, in the understanding of the supernatural, that this is where we're actually doing battle. They step out of Acts 2 into Acts 3, and, and by the time Peter and John are walking to the temple at the hour of prayer, they're immediately confronted with the opportunity to exercise it. Isn't that right? The guy comes asking them, this lame man asking for alms, for money. He's begging for change what he's wanting give me a little bit of change now Peter and John had t- change to bring him just not the change he was thinking about Woo. if it was Sunday I'd preach that for a while Peter reveals silver and gold have I none maybe they're under resourced <laughs> maybe that <laughs> I'm gonna tell you some preachers get under resourced from time to time didn't have any money to give The next chapter said those guys were unlearned and ignorant men. They weren't worried about impressing anybody but God. Silver and gold have I none but what? Such as I have. How would that go over at work if somebody asked you to bum five bucks for lunch? I don't have five bucks, but I'm going to tell you what I do have. You can back up, buddy. How many? <laughs> but it was the perfect moment. 
You might not be placed in this exact moment. How it may come across to you as you're standing talking to a neighbor and that neighbor begins to talk about a negative doctor's report. And, and what you're thinking inside is, I don't, ha- I don't have a medical degree. Let me tell you what I can do. And you may look back across at them and say, so and so, here's what I can do. I believe that I can pray for you and God can move into your situation. That's why we stay armed with supernatural testimonies of the church. When you're able to tell somebody, I know a brother named so-and-so, or I know a sister named so-and-so, she had this kind of cancer or this kind of blood disease, and God miraculously healed them. So I started, talk, I started telling somebody a few weeks ago, our testimonies, I want to start getting little videos of our testimonies of what God has done, and we're going to show just little two-minute conversations, two-minute two videos. Because I have found that sometimes on Sunday you get 600 plus people in here. People on this side don't even know people on this side. I'd like to hear some of their stories. Because you may watch their testimony and walk onto the job site this week and somebody has just been diagnosed and you're able to say, I just watched a lady in our church that had that same diagnosis or a man in our church had that same diagnosis and God miraculously healed them. I'm going to put you on our prayer list. Very few people in all my life have told me they don't want me to pray for them. I've had a couple. you got to be okay with that. Brother Lash, I've had a couple that don't want me to pray for them. But for the most part, hardly anybody tells me you can't pray for me. Most people will let me pray for them in public. Why would we do that? We believe in the supernatural. It's how we battle. Peter and John were showing us there. Okay? Because his church is a supernatural church. They didn't let what they were lacking keep them from using what they did have. I got to tell you, I'm glad they didn't have any money in their pocket. I'm glad part of Jesus... Some of y'all are going to think, don't pray that way. I want you to be blessed. I've told you this. I want you to be blessed. But I'm glad that part of Jesus' ministry was not every day putting a little food allowance in there. Did you guys clean the sandals? Okay. Here. Here's this. Here's a few shekels. Here's a few. Here's a Otherwise, they couldn't have had this experience. They were able to honestly and with integrity say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Sister Collins looked at him and said, in the name of And all of a sudden, a guy that was laying there lame, who asked for money, got that change and stood up. They wrecked the whole church service when he went in. I'm going to tell you right now, a, a, a brand new, set free, used to be drug addict will ruin a service. I've been in services with people that we baptized that were addicted to drugs. They will mess it. Your agenda means nothing. Because that dude's going to jump and dance and shout about. Hokey pokey ain't got nothing on what they're about to do. And you know what, Brother Tom? I'm okay with that. Because I can't conjure that up. And I I can't produce that on my own. But every now and then I feel like saying silver and gold. I might not have much. but, But here's what I do have. I've got a God that is able to do it. Amen. My, my, my. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. We walk in the flesh. We don't war after it. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. I don't have time, so maybe read it later. But you know it. It's leading us to this understanding that the gates of hell... We talk about this. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And then people get overwhelmed and wonder, well, why is he prevailing against me? And we've got to go back and wonder, are we really doing the full attributes of the church? It doesn't mean there won't be roadblocks and hard times and and, and hardships, but he won't prevail ultimately if we will stay the course. Our authority is not from man. Our authority is from the Word of God. God. It is our foundation. It is God built. That's why we started that way. Verse or slide five. The Lord expects supernatural results of his followers. This is the conviction portion, and I really believe it. Our opening text of Matthew 10, verse 1, and then 7 and 8. He calls the disciples. He anointed them with spiritual authority over demonic forces. Yes. Authority over sickness and disease and even death over leprosy, even to raise the dead. Then he instructs them as you exercise the authority, declare that the kingdom of heaven is here. How many remember John? That's what John would be walking in. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm fascinated with John. Right? He's trying to make heaven here. He's trying to say live like heaven's here. What would happen to all of our lives if we lived like heaven was here? Oh, man, I wish I had. Thomas Aquinas was a philosopher, a theologian in the 13th century. Stories told that he had an audience with Pope Innocent II before the Pope was spread. A large sum of money. He noted to Aquinas, he said, You see, the church is no longer in that age where they have to say silver and gold, have I none. To which Thomas Aquinas replied, Truly, Holy Father, but neither can she any longer say to the lame, Rise up and walk. God forbid that it's ever said of the 21st century apostolic church or of Calvary Tabernacle. We've got silver and we've got some gold, but we've lost the ability to operate in the supernatural. Hmm. I refuse to have a big building and small faith. Stand, stand with me. You'll let me know I've got to land. If we're going to claim the title apostolic, if we're going to, that means, listen, when we say, I went and sit in Brother Brown's office over at the school today. He's got books surrounding. I feel very comfortable in there. I haven't read an ounce of them, but I, I feel very comfortable in there. I actually had read a couple on your desk. I felt very good about myself, didn't I? You could tell I did. If I'm going to be apostolic, that means I'm going to associate myself with the people. In... That means I associate. When I get in here, let me get into the gospel. When I, when I get in here, <laughs> oh, goodness. I start reading through these people and I say, I'm apostolic. Now, it's, it's one thing to shout it. It's another thing to just walk it and live it. Just fulfill it. Just be that person in the day in and day out. It's one thing to shout about it in here. It's another thing to be apostolic on a construction site. 
Here's what I believe. My last, I think, yeah, this is it, my last slide, okay? Supernatural signs will follow us inside and outside the church building. Last, last couple weeks, last couple weeks I've been meeting with a branding and a marketing team here from within the church, different ones, have different degrees and passion. For it. We've been looking. I don't, want to offend, I don't want to offend anybody. Many of you have came to me and said it. If you don't go to church here, the average person doesn't even know how to find a bathroom. You ever thought about that? <laughs> I've been here for like six weeks and people, people come in. Where, how's, where do I? But we can get guilty of knowing where things are. We're trying to work. So we've been working on signing, signage outside, signage inside. And man, while I was preparing this, I thought, Signs are supposed to follow us in here. They really are. They're supposed to follow us. Mark 16, these signs will follow them that believe in my name, shall they cast out devils, speak with new tongues. Then some people have taken extreme liberties with verse 18. We're not meant to tempt God, but we are meant to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. We're meant to walk in the spirit of the supernatural. John 14, 11 and 12. Believe me, I'm in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Hmm. God, we don't want to be a cheap imitation. We don't want to be a cheap imitation. We want to be the church. We, we, we want to be the church. I mean the church. We're supernatural. We're miracles and signs and wonders. Follow us. I refuse to chase signs. But just as much as I refuse to chase signs, I refuse to walk without them chasing me. It's got to be both. It's got, it's, it's got to be both. We were, in, uh, we were in France. I've turned my iPad off. We were in France a couple years ago. Brother Hauk, this was so great, man. We're in Luxembourg, finance capital. It's a city-state, finance capital. Everybody's walking around in suits, real sharp, walking around. And, and uh, it felt almost a little intimidating, honestly, as a place to witness. Everybody was just been there dressed to the nines, man. It's just amazing. We start walking down the street. And we're just praying. I had a little bit of doubt, but you got to pray through that. God, you can do something. We had two incredible miracles, notable miracles that really happened in, in regards to evangelism that day. We're walking down, the, walking down the street, and this young business guy, I don't know how old he was, maybe mid-20s, he comes walking up and, 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 and going through. And we're just walking, just walking. Brother Levine was there with us, uh, a pastor, pastors in Illinois. This young guy walks by and, and, and we stop him. He said, is there, anything, is there anything we could do for you? He's trying to make connection. Never forget this. The guy said, probably not, unless you could tell me about the Holy Ghost. I don't even know where it came from. Somebody got on an organ. I'm talking in the middle of a busy street in Luxembourg. 
The guy turned and said, no, probably not, unless you can tell me about the Holy Ghost. Man, I get so, I'm so fired up right now. A little bit later, we hadn't gone hardly anywhere, and there was a taxi driver. You know, young adults that are on fire for God, they just, there is no shame. And they got to talking to this taxi driver. I showed up towards the, they had already been, been taking him to task, talking to him about the power of God. He started engaging back. That was all they needed. Brother Lopez, they got to talking to him about the power of God and that God had sent them for him. When I walked up on the scene, that cab driver had turned off his cab. He, again, another one, he's in a full suit. Out of his cab, standing on a, busy, on a busy street, both hands in the air, weeping, tears. I'm talking big old businessman, cab driver there, big old businessman, full suit, hands lifted, weeping tears while they're praying him through to the Holy Ghost on a busy street. Why? Because the church is the people. Not just in the building, but outside the building. And he could lead you, between now and Sunday, he could lead you to somebody that could have a supernatural experience if you're willing to take last week's lesson on being the mission church and take this week's lesson on being a supernatural church and take that and not be confined by here. You might pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost in the supermarket. Some of your clapping went from this to like, oh, I don't know about it. It stretches us, doesn't it? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking to me and you listen. I want to be a supernatural church. Throw your hands towards heaven. If you believe it, just begin to praise God. Come on, if you believe it, just begin to praise God. God, we praise you. We can't do it without you. We don't want to do it without you. It's going to fall flat. I'm telling you. As a pastor of this great congregation in front of them while I pray. I cannot do this with I need your help. I need your help in my spirit, in my mind. I, I, I need the supernatural touch of the Holy Ghost. I want to hear from you what to speak and what to preach and how to lead and how to interact. I, we want to do our best, but there's a place where what's natural, it just it loses effect. And we need the power of your spirit. Oh, let it do that final work, oh God. Let it do the work until you come. So that we can be the church that you've called us to be. Everybody repeat after me, I love my church. Because my church is a supernatural church.